I'd like to speak this evening about um, some, some of the qualities and factors that are being awakened with our practice. And sometimes with awareness of them and sometimes not. And also, um, also to speak a little bit about the relationship of these, these factors, these, these qualities to insight. So we begin with mindfulness, and certainly we've um, been going on and on about mindfulness in these days, and I think, I think we've made it clear by now that, that mindfulness really is the, the foundation, the foundation of the practice, the foundation of, of this, this exploration, this investigation. And, and with mindfulness of, of body and with mindfulness of mind, as I spoke about it a little bit yesterday with the, the Vedana, the feeling tone, and today with the mind states and emotions. So it's very much an investigation of who I am, this body-mind right here. Not something out there, but right here and now. So mindfulness is this, this, this bringing attention and, and really being attentive to present experience. And then we, we brought in this second quality or second factor of interest, curiosity, investigation. And um, I'll come back to investigation a little bit, um, but um, I just want to, just to say a bit about it at this point. Investigation here, just, just to reinforce, is not a an intellectual, logical, rational, figuring out, thinking about, pondering, reflecting on. <laughs> Investigation is the very process of bringing mindfulness to the body, mind, to whatever the object is, with a real interest in it, a real interest in in understanding its nature. Actually, I will come back to it, but I'll say a little bit more about it now. <coughs> in the discourse, what we translate as investigation is actually, it's actually um, expressed as investigation of states. And what it refers to very specifically as an is an investigation into the state or the nature of the object, in this case, body-mind. So it's, it's, a, it's a real opening to and allowing, allow, opening to with, with an interest that's allowing the, the object to reveal to us its nature. And with the, the, the mindfulness, the mindfulness isn't just watching. Um, we, we often get, get caught in this idea that the practice is just to sit and watch, and just watch, just watch. But the mindfulness also has a quality of receptivity, 
of being able to receive what is revealed. And so the, the mindfulness and this investigation of states, factors, very much work together. And it's actually, I feel it's actually these two factors in combination that form the foundation of the practice. When we bring these two factors, when we, when we bring these two factors in the practice and, and apply them, apply them with, to the object, with the object, in the object, um, what happens is, and Brad spoke about this last night, is that it begins to wake up the energy. And so as Brad spoke about last night, if we just bring the attention into the belly, it starts to wake up that, that energy. And if we just stay steady with it, the energy will start to grow. And it doesn't only happen in the belly. It happens wherever we bring the attention to. Energy will start to wake up. And, and again, as I, as I mentioned at one point, we can, we can see this in our lives. We can see how when we give attention to something that we're really interested in, something that really excites us and enthuses us, it brings energy. And we feel the energy and we have the energy. You know, so it's, it's like we can, um, the end of the day, after a day of work, we can be really tired and just want to turn on the telly and veg out and and a good friend calls and says, oh, let's go out to a movie or let's go out for a cup of tea. And it's, oh, yeah. And the energy comes. So, so that, that, that quality of giving attention with interest brings energy. So that's another quality. So energy is a quality that's, or a characteristic that's being cultivated in the practice. So as we continue, that energy can continue to grow. And, and we can, and, and some of you have expressed how you start to feel more and more energy and more and more energized. And this, this increasing in the energy moves into a quality which in Pali is called piti, not piti, but piti, spelled P-I-T-I. Piti, and piti is translated most commonly as rapture. So this, this energy builds and it, it, it builds to the point where it becomes rapture and the piti is described as an uplifting energy. It's an uplifting energy. So in, in when the, when the energy starts to, to get to this point where it's uplifting, um, it, can, it can have a number of different effects. Uh, one, one effect that, I, that I, I actually saw on a retreat once, um, a woman, the, the energy got so strong moving up that it was literally lifting her. The energy would go up and she'd go, and then down. <laughs> And it, it wasn't her doing it, it was just the movement of the energy, this upward movement of the energy was so strong 
we just lift her a little bit off off the cushion so so <laughs> so it it can it can actually move and have enough strength to do that some other some other um, <laughs> Maybe too interesting and too fascinating effects that it can have as the energy as the energy builds in strength and 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 moves in this way it can it it can actually create um, things like colors and lights and visual images um, you know, just psychedelic kinds of things all kinds of experiences that are unusual to us and don't normally happen can happen when this when this energy gets so strong and all of this um, it can be it can be scary when these experiences happen and and I have to say that these ex these experiences don't always happen and it's it's actually more uh, they more often don't happen than than do, but but just that that they can happen and and when they happen it can be scary. And when it's when it's when it's when it's scary when it's frightening, what can happen? Uh, one thing that can happen is that it just you know, the the tendency is just to oh, to tighten constrict around it, and. And of course, that will generally stop it. The other thing that can happen is that it can be quite pleasurable. <laughs> and it's possible to, to get caught up in the pleasure. And, and in a way, the, the ple with, with the pleasure, it just gets, it grows more and more, and it can lead to exuberance. There's just so much energy. I've just got to do something with it. I just get busy or start thinking about things or rushing around doing things or, or trying to create more of these wonderful images and colors and lights and, and all of this. And, and, and the exuberance can easily lead to tiredness. The energy, at some point, the energy just gets burned up and it's right back to ah, mindfulness. <laughs> and so, so it's it's really important as the energy builds to to allow the energy to build, but have it balanced by the mindfulness and the investigation of states qualities. Okay, so the, when the investigation and the mindfulness factors are there, then that will balance it in a way that the energy can build. And, and what, happens, what happens with it, 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 brings, it brings joy with it. There's a joyful energy. And that, and that joy is balanced by the, the mindfulness and the... Um, and the investigation in a way that it, it doesn't become the, the exuberance and the kind of over-the-top joy. It's, it's more just taking delight in how it is. So 
with the mindfulness and the investigation without, without trying to do it, without intention, without trying to make it happen, the energy comes. And the, the piti, the rapture comes, and it's, and it's joyful. And when that balance is there, the, the, the energy gradually will start to settle, just naturally. Not settle because it's being burned up, but it just naturally settles because it's not being fed in a way that it keeps growing. And as it settles, it becomes, it kind of transforms itself into calmness. And so there's, there's, a, there's a, a very, a joyful calmness that comes. And this joyful calmness is accompanied by energy and investigation and mindfulness. And so calmness, when we, when we see calmness in this way, we can see that calmness is very distinct from uh, <laughs> in the midst of tiredness and dullness, it can easily feel like calmness. And, and we can easily get confused and think that we're being very calm, but in fact what's happening is we're just dull. The calmness that, that, that's important and that's, and that's necessary is a calmness that naturally develops out of the mindfulness, investigation, energy, and joy. And again, I think we can see in our lives when, when, we're, when we're engaged in something that we're really joyfully interested in, there's a kind of calmness that comes and we can really be steady with it and stay with it. And not so easily distracted. And then this, this calmness, when it, again, when it's when it's balanced and supported by all these other factors, the calmness starts to deepen as well. And the calmness deepens into concentration. Okay, so, so this, this kind of concentration, again, it doesn't require us to do anything other than pay attention with interest. We pay attention with the interest, with this investigation of states factor and these other qualities, just as natural processes develop within us. And it's also so, so very important to, to, to see and to understand that, that in, the, in the meditation, when we talk about calmness, which I actually rarely do, when I talk about when we talk about concentration, which I rarely do, what's meant by concentration is not the kind of I gotta just stay with the breath. Mm. Oh, oh darn it, I had a thought. Mm. <laughs> breath. Uh, uh. Brad some <laughs> bash the the mole. <laughs> it's not that kind of concentration. It's, it's this kind of concentration that naturally arises 
and has joy with it, has delight with it. It's not a constricting concentration. It's a more spacious and a lighter concentration. But it is a concentration. And it's, and it's, it's an important concentration. And the concentration, when it's balanced by all of these other factors, so when all of these factors, when all of these factors are kind of working together and balancing each other and kind of um, having a check on each other so that none of them go over the top and none of them kind of sink away, they're all just chugging along without without me doing anything to make it happen. They're just chugging along. What another factor that, that comes in is equanimity. So when these factors are all in balance, the forces of wanting to get, wanting to get rid of, wanting to have more of, wanting to have less of, wanting to have something different, it all just fades away. And there's equanimity, the ability to stay absolutely steady with whatever is happening, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Equanimity allows us to stay steady and to not react. Equanimity is a non-reactivity. And so, so all of these all of these factors working together, the, the effect of this is that it allows us effortlessly to stay present, to be at rest with whatever we're investigating, whatever we're giving attention to, which in this case is body-mind. Okay? So the factors, the, all these factors together allow us to stay present without reacting, without pushing, without pulling, without needing anything to be different. And all of this has just been naturally developing. And perhaps you've noticed it to some, to some degree that through the course of these days, perhaps you've noticed, perhaps not, but perhaps you've noticed that it's getting easier and, and lighter, more of a sense of lightness in, in staying present with, with whatever is showing. And this, is, this happens as these factors start to all work together. Okay, so, the factors allow us to stay present. And as we're, as we're, as we're staying present with this, this effortless, joyful, spacious presence, it allows, it, it, it really allows for this investigation factor to do its work. The investigation factor is the factor that's taking interest in 
what's the actual nature of this, this body, this mind, this heart, these mind states, these emotions, these body sensations, these thoughts. What is their nature? What does, what does the experience itself reveal to me? And it is, and, and again, it's not an intellectual figuring out. It's just being present and allowing, allowing it to show and being receptive to it. It's a bit like, um, like when you're getting into the shower and you turn on the shower and before you get in, you stick your hand under the water. And you stick your hand under the water and the experience itself tells you if the water is too hot or too cold. You don't have to think about it and figure it out. Sometimes you might, if it's, sometimes if it's more neutral, you might start to think a little bit, well, is it warm enough? Is it... Mm. <laughs> But generally, you just put your hand in, and there's a knowing. There's a knowing. It's not an intellectual knowing. It's, it's an actual experiential knowing that it's too hot or too cold. And, and this investigation factor is like that. It's, it's, it's being present with. It's kind of like putting your mindfulness under the water <laughs> and just knowing. from the actual experience. Okay, so when we, if we, if we, if we reflect on our, the days of our practice here together, what can we say? Is there anything we can say that we know about body sensations, body experiences, thoughts, um, mind states, emotions, memories, plans, um, yeah, anything that comes to mind. <laughs> anything that's experienced in the body. Is there anything that we can say we've kind of received this message? And, and, and I think there's, there's one thing that yeah, and, and, and generally they're so obvious that <laughs> unless you know the answer, you don't even think of it. The first, the fir the first thing, the, 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 what comes out generally, initially, the first thing is that they change. Has anyone noticed that? Has anyone not noticed that? <laughs> that things change, the body changes, the sensations change, the breathing changes. The, uh, the general sense of the body changes. You can describe how your body is in one moment and the very next moment. It's, it can be completely different. You know, you can come into one sitting and it's just so wonderful and spacious and, and light and joyful and, um, and, and pleasant and so much clarity and and the next moment, the next sitting, you come in and it's 
tiredness, dullness, restlessness, um, no clarity. And then you come in the next time and again it's, oh, hmm, there's some clarity here. It, it, it keeps changing, things keep changing and they change in a way that is generally unpredictable. And as we, as, we, as, we, as we give closer attention, as we settle in, as we have been, as we settle into the silence and the stillness and open to the experience of the body, we can start to see that, that the, the change isn't from just one sitting to the next, but within one sitting. Have you noticed you can start out the sitting being really dull and tired and, and at some point there's, oh, and there's just kind of a waking up and there's some energy and some clarity. And it can go the other way too. Sometimes we start out, oh, this is a great sitting, it's really good, you know, there's lots of clarity. And, and then a little while later it's, oh, when's the bell gonna ring? <laughs> you know, enough of this, I'm ready for some Qigong. And then we get into the Qigong, and oh, enough of this. <laughs> how, about some, how about some quiet sitting? <laughs> but we can, we, can, we can start to see that the change is happening on a, a, a shorter time frame. And when we start to look at the actual sensations, often we can begin to see that the sensations themselves, the individual sensations, are changing, sometimes very rapidly. You know, it can have, um, my knees can be perfectly fine, and then um, all of a sudden there's a pain in my knee, and I bring my attention to it, and the pain goes. Has anyone had an experience like that? You just bring your attention to it and poof, gone in an instant. Sometimes you bring attention to it and just in an instant it gets more painful. <laughs> How many have had that experience? <laughs> it doesn't take much. Change, change happens. And it happens, and change happens because the way that something manifests is dependent on the conditions around it. So one condition can be just the fact of bringing attention to something. You know, if I have, if I have a pain and I bring attention to it with kind of fighting it, with resistance to it, I don't like this, I don't like this, but the attention is going to it, the likelihood is that it's going to intensify it. If I can bring attention to, to it with, with openness and with, with metta, with kindness, there's a possibility that the pain will actually get less. And at the very least, there will be a different kind of relationship to it so that it won't be as bothersome. in bringing a different kind of relationship to it, in coming to it with a different kind of relationship, 
it can transform the way that it's the way that it's experienced, the way that it's perceived. How many have found that difference between between bringing attention to something because you want to get rid of it and bringing attention to something because you're really interested in it and really care about it. it makes a world of difference. And, but even in that, we can notice that the sensation is actually changing. Sometimes when we go to the edge, uh, uh, something, uh, a, a sensation in the body can feel very solid. And if we take the attention to the edge and kind of move in and out around the edge, we start to see, that, oh, it's not so solid at the edge. There's some movement there. There's a little bit of vibration there. Sometimes it gets a little bigger, sometimes a little smaller. It's, you know. And so we can start to see that, that these, these body experiences are actually changing from moment to moment to moment. And we give attention to the mind and how many different thoughts do you have during the course of one sitting period? How many times does the mind change in the course of one sitting period? Do the thoughts change? How many different emotions do you feel during the course of one day? The contents of the mind, the stories of the mind, the activity of mind, just keeps changing, and and the, the the Buddha, the Buddha was able, he he was able to actually describe, and 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 it's been borne out scientifically. He was actually able to describe how quickly the sensations in the body are changing. And what came to the mind, he said, the mind changes so quickly, I can't come up with um, a simile for it. <laughs> He was just, just at a total loss to try and come up with any way of describing or explaining how quickly the mind can change. So we see the body-mind keeps changing, and again, it's, it's changing with certain conditions. So we can, we can start to see that um, if we're paying attention to the breathing, we can feel in the belly. We can we can feel the breathing in the belly is quite different when we're sitting still and quiet and relaxed, and when we're up waving our arms about and stomping on the ground and <laughs> and jumping back and forth. The breathing gets quite different because of that condition. We can. We can probably notice, maybe or possibly notice. Um, certainly, certainly, I noticed the other day when it was warm and sunny and beautiful outside. The whole body and the actual breathing felt very different than the last couple of days when it's been kind of cloudy and dull and darker and um, colder and and the 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 environment, the outer environment, affects us. 
it's a condition for the state of this body and this mind and this heart. So we can we can so we can we can recognize these qualities of change, of impermanence, the impermanence, and, and we can look at we can look at anything, any object. You know, the, the, we're looking at the body, and we can feel it all. But anything, we can look at anything and see that it changes over time. Some things change much more slowly than others. But over time, everything changes. Uh, the clock just changed. It went from 8.04 to 8.05. That's a change. The lights all changed. I remember reading a few years ago um, that some scientists, a group of scientists, had developed some kind of a microscope or some kind of a gadget that was so powerful, for the first time, they were actually to observe a bar of steel changing from moment to moment. They were actually able to see, to look through this gadget or whatever it was, and see the very structure of that bar of steel changing. Something that seems so solid and lasts for so long and that we rely so much on in our constructions, it's constantly changing. So change is the nature of things. Change is the nature of things. And, and we, we see by, by being present and by paying attention, we can start to see that the changes happen because of conditions. Conditions change and the object changes. And as we give attention to that and pay more and more attention to that, we can start to see the interconnectedness of things. We can start to actually, we can start to experience it. You know, if we if we're if we're paying attention, we can we can experience the interconnection of mind body. We can experience how an emotion going through mind can affect the body experience, and we can see how a body experience can also affect mind. You know, when that pain appears in the knee, the mind changes. <laughs> so we can start to see how things are, things are interconnected. Things affect each other. And, and we, can, we can begin to see that that's true with everything. Nothing exists in and of itself. You know, something like, um, like this microphone, it appears to be just a microphone sitting here, but in order for this microphone to be the microphone, first of all, it needs all these independent parts, all these individual parts that have come together. 
There's an interconnectedness between all the individual parts. And then to be a microphone, it also needs a wire. <laughs> and the wire has to be connected to something that's giving it energy, power, electricity. And that electricity is dependent on some source. It has to be a waterfall or a nuclear generator or a solar panel or, um, um, or gas or coal burning somewhere. Without all of that, where's the microphone? It's just a, without all that, it's just a lump of metal and plastic and whatever this material is. <laughs> And in order for all that happen, to happen, there has to be the people who build it all and the people who, who keep it all running and who repair it. And for that to happen, there has to be the food to feed those people and the farmers to grow that food and the truck drivers to bring it to them and the cooks to cook it. And, and it just goes on and on. Everything is interconnected including this body-mind. This body-mind is interconnected on somewhat gross levels in that um, it's dependent on the nutrition from the food, it's dependent on water, it's dependent on exercise, it's dependent on sleep, And right now, this body being right here is dependent on all of your bodies being there. If none of you had showed up on <laughs> whenever it was on Friday, <laughs> I would have been in the hermitage now. I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> it's interconnectedness. Interconnectedness happens on, on very subtle levels, very subtle levels as well. If I, um, if I turn my head over here, there's an object there, and with the, with the eyes contacting with that object, there's, there's a seeing that happens. And I don't have to make myself see it. It just, it just happens. If the eyes and that object line up, there's seeing. So the, the seeing is dependent on the presence of that object. There's an interconnectedness there. And in that moment of seeing, in that moment of seeing, who I am is different than who I was when I was looking out here. There's a change that happens in body and in mind. When a sound comes, sound hits the ear, is hearing. I mean, when, when, when we're sitting here very quietly and still in the 
and the, the rooks are going, ah, ah. How much effort do you have to make to hear it? You don't have to do anything. The hearing just arises because of the interconnectedness of the, the ear, the brain, and that vibration that comes through the air. In that interconnectedness, the hearing happens, and in that moment of hearing, who we are is a different person than we were the moment before, when there wasn't that sound, when there was just the breathing in the belly. We start to see change, we start to know through experience change and and the the interconnectedness the the interdependence the interdependence and we begin to we can begin to get a sense of a sense of the unpredictability and unreliability of things we rely so much on things. We depend so much on things. And in that reliance and that dependence, there's a degree of expectation that they'll continue doing what we want them to do and being how we want them to be. And somehow when they aren't the way we want them or expect them to be, we're surprised. And yet, we know that things change. And this, this, this unreliability, undependability is another characteristic of things. And to know these, to know these, these characteristics of things, to know, to really deeply know and to really, really absorb <laughs> the fact of this, to really absorb into our being the fact that things change and that things aren't separate, aren't independent, individual. To know, to really deeply know that ultimately we can't rely or depend on things. What does this do to, what, what effect does this have on our relationship to things? Including this thing, this body-mind thing. We come to see that because of these qualities, these characteristics, we can't hold on to anything. We can't keep anything the same. And any attempt to do so is dukkha. The more we attempt to hold on to something, to keep something, to preserve something, to protect something, the more dissatisfied we're going to be when it changes, which it inevitably will. 
And to really get this, to really deeply get this and absorb it, to let it, to let it soak into our very being. <laughs> With that comes uh, letting go. Why would I try to hold on to something knowing that it's going to change and if I try to hold on to it, I'm going to experience dukkha? If I really know that, why would I try to hold on? And equally, equally can begin to see, to question, why need to push away or get rid of anything? First of all, in the nature of change, it's going to change anyway. It's going to change. But also, at a more subtle level, because of interdependence and interconnectedness, again, any attempt to push away will bring dukkha. Middle path, middle path is the path that, the path that doesn't veer towards taking up, pushing away. The, the deep knowing of these, of these characteristics brings with it a tremendous sense of freedom. Tremendous sense of freedom. The freedom to be able to, but not need to, take up or push away. It also brings with it, because, because of the, the understanding of, the understanding of, of dukkha and how dukkha arises, how it's caused, and in the understanding of the interconnectedness, the interdependence, in the really deep understanding of that, knowing that right here is not the center of the universe. <laughs> there is no center of the universe. It's all, it's all, it's all working together. It's a whole. It's a whole. And, and the, the knowing of this brings about compassion, kindness, caring. Because there's a knowing of the, of the, the sharing, the, the shared experience of dukkha and the shared wish for happiness and freedom. And so it brings out, it brings out this. So all of this, all of this, this understanding, this insight, and these effects, all, 
all are possible to be known. Just from the simplicity of mindfulness with interest. So please practice not with not with tightening effort and trying and striving and struggling. Practice with spaciousness, openness, allowing, receptivity. Allowing all these qualities to naturally develop. But practice as though your hair were on fire. So let's sit quietly together for a few minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.